inspiring this text speaks about love he is speaking about very concrete and objective acts this is not some sort of warm and fuzzy feeling i love you i don't love you he loves me he loves me not he loves me he loves me not you, you know it's like this is very specific love is on display in very concrete actions your actions tell if you love or if you don't How can we truly show the love of Jesus to the people we see every day here on earth? Pastor Daniel explores this question in today's message and shares the answer found in the Bible. We can demonstrate Jesus' sacrificial love for other people through concrete actions. Saying we love someone is one thing, but backing it up through serving them tangibly proves that we have the love of Jesus in our hearts. Today, let's demonstrate love. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message, Love Display. My friends, love shows that you know God. When you love, it shows that you know who God is. Now, I think this is very, very important. Because what we find is that this type of self-sacrificial love is a learned behavior. It's actually an imitated behavior. We see our Father in heaven do it, and now we do it ourselves. It says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So, if you love the way God does, it shows that you are born of God, that you've been born again. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 3, that a person needs to be born again. He's saying that you were born physically, that gives you your physical life, but you need to be born again spiritually. When you become alive to the life of God in the depths of your own soul. Now listen, there's some of you here right now, you've not been born again. And I believe That God wants you to be born again. Why? Because God doesn't just want you to have a physical life. He wants you to have a spiritual life. I always say it this way. When you are alive physically, but dead spiritually, you are part of the zombie apocalypse. You have a physical experience and things are going on, but you're not alive to the things of God. Now, I remember the first time I heard someone say what I just said, and I remember my response was like, well, who do you think you are? You don't know me. I don't know you but this is who God says that you are. See, I'm not trying just to like give you a hard time thinking I'm all up in your business and I know what you had for lunch or anything. That's not the case. That's what God says that we are. And I remember at the point when I put my faith and trust in Jesus and the spirit of God came into me, I realized, I'm like, wow, I totally was part of the zombie apocalypse. I just had no clue. I thought that's the way life was supposed to be. And what I realized is, no, no, no. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, and they might have life more abundantly. See, when you love other people, it shows that you know God. Why? Because everyone who loves has been born of God, it says. They know God. And verse 8, I love this because it takes it now into the negative, where it says, he who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. 
If you won't love other people, then you don't know God. Why? Because it says God is love. Now, the way to explain this phrase, God is love, now notice it doesn't say love is God. That's our culture. That kind of fuzzy, I love you like pumpkin pie. I love you like I love my favorite sports team. I love you like I'm my, my favorite instrument. All these different things. No, love is not God. God, by his very nature, is love. Everything that God does in his nature is rooted and grounded in love. When God creates, God creates in love. When God judges, God judges in love. The overarching reality of the perfect nature of God is that God is love. And if we don't love, it shows that we don't know God because we are not living in accordance with God's nature. And that's the key. This is what the Christian faith is all about. It's about God sharing his nature with us. And that comes through the finished work of Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle John says. If we were to continue studying today, which we're not going to today, look what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. It says this, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. It's power. This is powerful stuff right here. Because it says, if you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, then God abides in you, and you abide in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, because God is love, and he who abides, abides in God, and God abides in him. See, that's why we can always love, and when we love, it shows that we know God because God is sharing his nature with us. And that happens through the finished work of Jesus. That one singular event, the death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross, and then its application to your life and my life, when we say, I have put my faith and trust in Jesus, that is an absolute watershed event. It's just like the draft for the NFL, right? Before that thing starts, all those dudes are unemployed, unless they work at like Chick-fil-A or whatever, you know what I mean? And then if their name gets called and they sign the contract, now all of a sudden they're a professional football player. It's a definitive thing that happens. And when you confess that Jesus is the Son of God and you believe in him, at that moment, the presence of God, the Spirit of God comes and abides in you and cultivates God's life in you. And the way you know that God's life is being cultivated in you is when you show God's love into the world because God, by his very nature, is showing his love into the world in Christ. But I got to ask you, how are you doing loving people? It's a nasty question. Because it's really easy not to love people. It's really easy not to love people you know. Why? Because you know them. And you know their flaws and you know their quirks and you know the things that they do wrong and you got a whole backlog of history with them, all the dumb things that they did and all the ways that they reacted that you didn't like. So that's one side of it. And then it's really easy to not love people you don't know because you don't know them and you make a caricature about who everybody is. Right? And so... If you know them, you don't know them. It's easy not to love them. And especially because our hearts are fickle and we're not created in our perfections to love perfectly, we have a tendency to miss the boat. When you love somebody who is not being lovable, you show that you know God. It's really God's love coming through them. 
What a powerful field note. Love everybody you meet on the journey. Whether you meet them on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or they hit your car because they were texting while they were doing it or whatever's going on, you just love those people. And when you do that, it's God's love coming through you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take your pen or your smartphone. I want you to write write down three people or groups of people who you're struggling to love right now. Just write it down. Democrats, Republicans, (laughs) Muslims or Buddhists or educated people, uneducated people, people who believe in gun control and people who don't, people who have same-sex attraction, people who are sexually immoral, heterosexual, whatever it is, write them down and then say, Lord, show me how you love those people. Lord, I want to show your love. And then what I want you to do is I want you to make an action plan to love somebody. Maybe you need to go on Facebook right now. You need to go apologize to all these people. Say, I'm so sorry. I've been such a total jerk. I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I am getting myself all worked up about all this stuff. But when I love people, it shows that I know God and I do know God and I'm just being a lousy representation. Lousy representation. Love shows that you know God. That's how people will know that you know him by the love that you share. And when someone says, what's the Christian like? People should be able to say, oh, you'll know them because they love everybody. That should be the answer. But what's unfortunate is not the answer. So we need to own this. I need to own this. Am I the kind of person who is teaching people that God is? By his nature isn't love because by my nature, I'm not love. And I call myself by the name of Jesus. I'll never forget, I have this buddy of mine and, you know, like all of us are on a journey of faith. So no one's get it all dialed in, you know what I mean? It's like every single day, right as you think you got your Christian life dialed in, you realize that something else is going on. You're like, ooh, I didn't know that was there. And I remember this buddy of mine, he was actually one of the first people who ever shared the gospel with me. But I remember as we got a little bit older, I saw his car and his car had a faint impression on the trunk of a fish. So there used to be a fish little thing there. Remember, because the early church, there were fishers of men, so they do the little fish thing. So it used to be there, but it's not there anymore. So I remember someone like, bro, what happened to your fish? <laughs> right? And he said, well, you know, so I started smoking again. And he said, and I didn't want people to drive by and see me with a fish sticker and see me smoking cigarettes. I thought that'd be a bad witness. And I'm like, so you didn't think just to quit smoking, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's just easier to jettison the fish. You know, I'm like, but listen, you got the tan lines of the fish on the car, man. Like, you can't get away from this stuff. But we do that kind of stuff, right? Like, where it's like, well, I'm really, I'm really... Because it's election season, I need to rage on the internet about the other political party. So I'm going to pull down that I'm a Christian. And I'm not going to check in at church because I really want to go and go crazy about politics. I really want to go loco at the club on Saturday night. And I don't want people to check me out on Facebook and find that I go to church. I'm not going to do that stuff. And it shows that we got everything backwards. Because God, by his very nature, is love. And what you're looking for, what I'm looking for, what everyone is looking for is God's love. The experience of God's love. So put the fish back on your car if that's your kind of thing. Check in at church and stop being an unloving person. And I believe that God desires that for us. Right now, I guarantee each one of us, like write down three, I can write down a thousand people who I'm struggling to love right now. And the reason I can say that is I'm just like you. 
It's very easy to withhold love from people who we're frustrated with. But then we read things like we should always love other people. And we read things that like when we love, we show that we know God. And you start to ask yourself, I want to show that I know God because I do know God. So I need to stop being rebellious. I need to stop being a spoiled kid. And God wants to do something brand new. Now, so we've seen that we always need to love people, right? That when we love, we show that we know God. Look what happens in verses 9 and 10. This is powerful. Look at this. In verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, now we have the phrase that God is love explained for us. When it says that God by his very nature is love, now it's like, okay, well, that's a nice little phrase. We could put that on our picture. What does it mean? Oh, verse nine. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Jesus shows what love is. Jesus shows what love is. You want love displayed? You want love defined? You got to look at Jesus. You got to look at Jesus. Notice, there's a couple things in here that are very, very, very important. I want you to notice first that when the Spirit of God inspiring this text speaks about love, he is speaking about very concrete and objective acts. This is not some sort of Warm and fuzzy feeling. I love you. I don't love you. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. You you know, it's like, this is very specific. Love is on display in very concrete actions. Your actions tell if you love or if you don't. How do we know? In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. Wow. You want a concrete way to love people? Don't wait for them to love you first. Don't allow what psychologists call the law of reciprocal affection to be what drives your life. That if you give me love, I'll give it back. No, 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 no. Because you know what? You're always putting yourself in that situation in a reactive state. You're allowing somebody else to dictate if you love or if you don't love. You're letting them drive what God has actually given you the steering wheel and the keys for, which is God's desire to love the world through you. Don't wait for them to love you proactively, preemptively engage in loving people. Not that we love God, but he loved us. See, God didn't say, I'm going to send Jesus. When you say, please send the Messiah, I'm going to send him even though you don't even want them. And that's powerful because it allows you not to have to react to everyone else's stuff. You just make that commitment. Say, Lord, because you are love in your very nature and I'm supposed to always love people, right? I'm going to show your love. It doesn't matter if they love me. It doesn't matter if they ask for it. I'm going to love them anyway because nobody can stop me from being who I am. And that's a game changer, isn't it? I'm going to speak for every mom here, even though I'm not a mom. 
right? Moms love their kids, whether or not their kids want them to or not. I'm not a mom, but it's funny. Yesterday, we were sitting around the house. We were eating dinner, and all of a sudden, Lynn goes, oh, dad, Annabelle has a present for you. Now, you know what that means? That means Annabelle's got a dirty diaper. That's what that means in my home, right? And so sure enough, Annabelle's got this big smile, and she's kind of skipping over, and she's like, and she comes over, and I'm like, you got poopy? She's like, I got poopy, right? Now, and she was in a great mood, and it was super cute, and I changed her diaper, you know? It's like, I'm a modern man, you know what I mean? It's like, I did that whole thing, and boop, boop. It's perfect, right? But you know how many times I go to change Annabelle's diaper, and she just freaks out? Like, I'm actually, like, cruel and unusual punishment. I don't want her to walk around with, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and she's, like, freaking out. Now, what mom says, well, if you don't want your diaper changed, you can just leave it. The junk in the trunk was like a cake on there. You get, you know, it's like, no mom does that. No dad does that either. You get what I'm saying? Don't love people because they want you to. You love people because God is love and God wants you to love people. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the fruit of the Spirit's love, you just go love them. And you love people in concrete actions. See, that's the thing. It's really easy to say, I love you, but your actions really show if you love somebody or not. And we know that God is love because he sent Jesus to be the propitiation for our sin. Now, that word propitiation, that's a big biblical word. It literally means to appease or to render favorable. That Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection appeased the sins that we've committed. The punishment that we deserve because of all the mistakes we make. I know people don't like the word sin. You can use the word mistake. I like to use the word mess. It all means the same thing. It means when we miss the mark. Anytime that you sin, you don't give everything its proper due. And let's be honest. We've all sinned a million times already today. Like, do you realize... That like, if you didn't chew your food and get all the nourishment out of it, you actually didn't give your food its proper due this morning? You might say, well, is that really a sin? I don't know, but it it came into my brain. It sounds good. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, if righteousness is giving everything its proper due, right? Sin is any time you miss the mark from giving everything its proper due. So... Like, if you're in the shower today, and you were, like, late, and you're like, I got to meet mom because I got to get to church, and I got to get to brunch and all this stuff, and you're rushing through, and you don't really wash your body that well, you didn't give your shower time its due, and all of us know it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get him. Maybe not. Someone's like, amen. Let's go right here. No. Each time we sin, each time we miss the mark, each time we don't give something that's due, that is called unrighteousness, and that needs appeasement because God created this world to be this perfect, this perfect coming together of creation and all of humanity where everything flourishes. And every time we don't give something that's due, it diminishes God's intention in creation, and it creates a huge problem. So God sent Jesus to die to appease God's righteous wrath for our lack of righteousness. Jesus shows what love is. Listen to Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Classic verse. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Bam. 
That's the gospel, my friends. God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And that is why for me, my friends, I am so happy to say that I follow Jesus. Because even though I didn't love God, God still sent Jesus to die for me. My God loves that radically. He doesn't wait for me to say yes. He says, you need this. I'm going to do this. And I want to share my life with you. And that's powerful. And you should be able, if you're here today and you are a Christian, you should be able to champion that stuff. I mean, God demonstrates his own love towards you. And that while we were still sinners, Jesus died. He didn't say, get it all together and then I'll love you. He said, I'll love you and then I'm going to help you get it together. And that is the gospel, my friends. That's the good news of Jesus. Now, I got one more thing I want to share with you today. Look at what it says. In verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Oh, this is so good. Bringing it all back around again, we need to pay God's love forward. We need to pay God's love forward. And that's like a phrase from our culture. Remember there was a movie that came out, Pay It Forward, you know? With Kevin Spacey, this little kid. It's kind of like a conspiracy of kindness kind of a thing where you do good things for people. You pay it forward. And you know what? It's such a right-on idea. Beloved, look at this. Beloved, if God so loved it. That word so in there grabs me. It doesn't say if God loved it. If God so loved us. That word so, it's like a word of amplification. It's not like God just loved me. It's God so loved me. It speaks of the greatness of God's love. It says if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Mutual love is the responsibility of all who have been loved by God. So my friends, my brothers, my sisters, listen. Pay God's love forward. Because God has loved you, love other people. Because God has been extravagant with you, be extravagant with other people. Because God has provided for you, help other people. See, this is the difference between being an American and being a follower of Jesus who lives in America. In America, it's mine, I do what I want. In God's kingdom, it's his, and I do what he wants. And God says, I don't want you to keep this. Don't hold on to it. Because if you, listen, if you have your hands clenched, God can't put anything else in those hands. There's nowhere, there's no room for it. God says, no, I want you, I'm going to give it. I want you to just let it flow through your life. Let my love flow through my life. Let my provision flow through your life. Do you know why we don't open our hands? Because we don't trust him. Even though he loved us and he sent Jesus and he's given us his spirit and he's gotten you here still today. Maybe not all perfectly, but you're here right now. We have this tendency to forget who he is and what he's done. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel asked us today to examine how we actually show Jesus' love to those around us. Are we simply saying we love others and then leaving it at that? Sacrificial love is much more than words. It requires action. To be like Jesus, we need to live as he did. Being willing to serve instead of demanding that others serve us. 
showing practical action as a way of loving will demonstrate Jesus' love better than any word from our mouths. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here. I'm the lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church. I love that God invites all of us to be a part of His family, and I wanted to invite you to be a part of my family of faith. In Vancouver, services on Sundays at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 p.m., or in Southwest Portland, our service on Sundays at 10 a.m., as well as midweek services Wednesday at 7 p.m. at both campuses. We would love to have you join us, and if you're at a distance, check us out on our internet campus, crossroadslive.tv. I look forward to seeing you soon. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel tells us that God has specific plans for each of our lives. He also has universal plans that are going to affect every person on earth. The Bible gives us the field notes we need to help us know the future and to know how God wants us to respond to upcoming events. It's also a great reminder to share Jesus' gospel message with others right now. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Field Notes. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.